Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. Now I am. Yes? And Do you want to know what I did for our sponsors this week? It's on a sticky note, because that's how prepared I am. Well, it's not like we don't know who they are. I I just don't know their websites. <laughs> Even though we say it every week. I forget. You and me both. So, but if you guys want to check out some wireless earbuds, or some earbuds with wires, or some over the head, over the ear. Over your fucking ears. Get it over your fucking ears? <laughs> Go to studio. Go to sudio.com and use the promo code CMD for 15% off. My co-host is fucking hiding behind her microphone. 15% off your order. You can get 15 fear gas. <laughs> but you've got to use the fucking code. Yes, you do. So go to see, see. Go to see. No, go to sudio dot com and use the promo code CMD at C. <laughs> Just kidding! Don't do it at C. You can if you want. If that's where you're at. If you want to donate to our Patreon, we now have uh, multiple ways to do so. Yeesh. You can go to patreon dot com backslash color me dead podcast or. You can go to our website at colormedeadpodcast.com and you can go to donate. There's a way to do a one-time donation. There's a way to sign up for a subscription through PayPal. And you get the same perks as you do on Patreon. Or you can, there's also a button on there that you can just go straight to Patreon. So there's many, uh, many options for you to choose from. I just can't talk today, so I might as well go into a terrible accent that I oh, can't no, do. Today is going to be a difficult motherfucker, but whatever. It's a difficult day for Difficult. Those, those that don't know, my grandpa died last week, and I just got the funeral over with yesterday, and it was much harder than I thought it was going to be, so I'm, uh, I'm like a scrambled egg. Nikki's not put together, and I'm having a flare-up, and I'm a torture we've Twitchy fucking weirdo. <laughs> a twitch away. A twitch away. I'm a twitch away. Um, but we want to thank our highest. I can't think of the word. Patreon fucking donation. Which are the examinators. And we have Samantha Vaughn, Sharon Hoffman, and Clinton Toon. Thank you. Thank you for your donation. <laughs> Do you want to do this episode? I, should we? Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, right. I guess we should. So, but we have to thank Glenn Weber because he's one of our fantastic listeners and he actually wrote, prepared, and made these episodes happen. Yeah, he, so did it, he messaged you and wanted to do the research for yes. it. And we're like... Sure. Then we can well, have a backup. Because he's a local. This case is local to him. So it's, a, it's kind of something that he was very into. So thank you very much for every 
hour that you put into this. And he put a lot into it. Yes, he did. I read through it after I did some research thinking that, you know, maybe I'll add to it. Jane, no. Not much. Not really. Yeah. He did an excellent, excellent job. And so, thank you, Glenn. Excellent job. You've done well. And it couldn't have come at a better time because we had something else planned for this week. But due to death in the family. And the it, fact that I'm a slack-ass piece of shit. It got postponed. Me. It got, it got postponed. <laughs> oh, my God. A fucking fear of gas. I got fucking postponed. <laughs> so I watched Super Troopers 2. And How there's was that? a lot of fucking, fucking hilarious. You have to watch it. I, I didn't know it was on Amazon, and the other day I was looking for something to watch while I was in a pity party for myself, and I, watched I found it. I watch Quiet Place. I watch horror oh. movies when I'm feeling down. I watched it. But I'm always a happy, funny movie person. Like, I just like to... That's my, you're a comedy my person. Go-to. I'm, a, I'm a horror person. You're a comedy person. And their Canadian accents on there are stellar. Stellar? And I well, still can't do one. fucking... We got to, maybe we need an acting coach. Oh, I think so. Because all I got down was, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, you know. Oh, you know. That's all I have. And that could be mistaked with Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know where we're at We don't know what the fuck we're doing. We could be in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Fucking Minnesota. Guys get out of Minnesota all the time for like (laughs) hockey or prison. Hockey. (laughs) Either way, I'm going to fuck it up. Pretty much. But I'm going to do it anyway because that's how we do around here. Mary. Yeah, So who are we doing? You, you if I'm pe- lucky. Fucking pint. She's got oh, fucking pineapple, pineapple on pizza, dude. Pizza. Ugh. You're a disgusting human being, and I think you should be set on fire. I already have been. Thank you. Oh, wait. Okay. It made so- me an even more disgusting human <laughs> being. What you got next? <laughs> Mary, you're still fucking gross. We are doing Ken and Barbie. Which is Paul Bernardo and Carol Homolka. Carla. 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 Carla Homolka. And you, like we have, will learn to hate them. It was most people probably already hate them, but if you haven't heard anything about them, prepare yourselves. They're fucking douchebags. And you will hate them. Yeah. As so much fun, as fun, we fun. do. Fun, fun, fun. Cause they were they okay, so here's the fucked up shit. They were an attractive couple, seemingly normal, uh-huh. and full of smiles. Um, any of the family photos that you see at their 1991 wedding in Ontario, taken in the town of Nigeria, or Nigeria, really? Nigeria. Angel. The town of Nigeria. <laughs> Niagara, Jesus Christ, on the lake. They they had like this happy facade and it made it harder for people, Americans or Canadians, to see the brutal crimes that they had actually committed. That's the worst part. So, well, even worse is... The things they did. The things they did. So, Paul Bernardo was actually born in 1964 in Scarborough, Ontario, as the youngest of Kenneth and uh, Marilyn Bernardo's three children. His parents' marriage was an unhappy one, 
surprise me fucking little. Wait, what? I didn't oh. think that would be the case. Oh, wait, you have a fucking serial killer that had an unhappy childhood? This is the first one I've ever heard of. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> why are we such douchebags? Because we're good at it. You got to do what really you're good at. ice cream. And I know there's like three different kinds in my fucking fridge that I haven't eaten. So anyway, um, his parents' marriage was an unhappy one. And it came at the demand of Marilyn's maternal grandfather. Grand- grandfather. Who made them get parried. <laughs> <laughs> you're pregnant you have to get parried <laughs> you're gonna make me pee <sighs> it's your paternal grandfather <laughs> you're parried oh shit <laughs> because you are pregnant oh my god <laughs> anyway uh- <laughs> why is that so punny <laughs> we're never gonna get through this we're cheesy and we're douchebags <laughs> fuck it let's go whatever right. whatever right now is the time where we tell you all good luck <laughs> fuck grab your asses and jump on board i don't fucking know what's gonna happen if you can focus i'm through fucking this struggling with this fucking tablecloth <laughs> she feels like a nun's fucking whatever the fuck they wear what is what are those called i don't know no like a they it's got a fucking word and it keeps touching me i don't like it how do you solve a problem like maria (laughs) (laughs) when you said none i just started thinking about the (laughs) sound of music the hills are alive with the sound of zero fucks (laughs) i don't know Oh, All right. <laughs> I can't look at you right now. Because if I do, I'm going to start laughing. <laughs> Kenneth, who would later in life face charges for peeping, being a peeping fucking tom. Gross. Gross. And a pet. This pedophile. is the worst part. He was a fucking pedophile. And so you know what he was looking at when he was being a fucking peeping Tom. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Anyway, and for molesting Paul's little sister, Debbie. Oh, good. Yeah. So that was his daughter. Uh-huh. No. So he looked at little kids. He thought about little kids. And then he diddled little kids. Let's just take this time right now to say don't. Could you fucking could, not? Could you fucking not? Or just set it on fucking fire. Fuck it. We don't need it. No. <clears throat> he was physically and verbally abusive to the other members of the family and openly called his wife a bitch and a fat cow. A big fat cow. Nice. Paul would later recall that his victims similar during the attacks. Weird. It's it's like he passed on what he knew. Um. You think? We've heard that. I think I've heard that before once or twice. Mm-hmm. Marilyn suffered from depression and would leave her family and attended to visit other relatives during the weekend and eventually completely retreat into their basement. And I'm not 100% sure on the timeline of this. Young Paul seemed oblivious. 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 
All right. So apparently words are going to escape my fucking mouth today. That and I'm just going to make them up as I go. Young Paul seemed oblivious to this in his broken home and described his childhood as happy. He's like, I was fine. But when he gained a compulsion to make fires during this time in his Boy Scouts, he was about 10 years old. And this is when things would take a fucking turn for the worse. In 1981, 16-year-old Bernardo suffered two major setbacks. First, he was told after an argument with his parents, Kenneth, that that wasn't his biological father, which would be a devastating hit. And I heard that the, his mom and dad were, like, separated at the time. I don't know if that's true because, you know, we always get different. But I heard they were separated at the time. And she was yeah. like, oh, don't you know? Oh, by the way, don't you know? Your fucking dad's not your dad. He's not your dad. I don't sorry. know. Who, I don't know who your dad is. I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry, but you're. That he's, always he's reminds not me your of dad. Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. Sorry, Julian. Ju- Julian. I don't know if I can keep doing this. I'm sorry. Uh. Uh. <laughs> I've been watching that too. Jesus I still Christ. can't do the accent. <laughs> and neither can I. I'm that stupid. I, I'm fucking. I'm shimple. <laughs> So, but can you imagine, like, somebody that you thought was your dad for so many years, and then somebody comes to you, and they're like, yeah, just kidding. And his mom, to me, it sounds like his mom did it kind of out of hate. Like, so. Guess what? Guess what? Your dad's not your dad, so fuck him. Like, thinking that she was going to get the kid it on her It was going to be like a, a, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm... She's I know She's got to get more people on her side, so. Anyway. So this kid's fucking... His dad's not his dad. He's set in fucking fires. But he had been conceived as a result of a a consensual sexual encounter. Between Marilyn and her once favorite suitor during a breakup. Oh. Mm-hmm. I just jumped the gun. Weird. 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 And Bernardo began to call his mother a slut and a whore and reciprocated by, she reciprocated by calling him a bastard. So they're, now they're both being verbally abusive. Parenting. She was clearly good at it. I don't know. I call my things fucked up shit. My things. (laughs) My kids. Yeah. Sometimes. Not bastard or whore slut ever no and it seemed like that was like their names for each like other butt slugs and but that's just funny <laughs> <laughs> listen here you little butt slug yeah me so later bernardo's first girlfriend nadine brammer abandoned him for one of his friends ouch oh, yeah fuck. having <laughs> yeah dude let that fucking sink in how bad would that suck Later, having become tired of Bernardo's controlling behavior. Jeez, I wonder where that came from. Mm. And Bernardo retaliated by incinerating all the things that Brammer had given him. Weird. Oh, fires? Wait, what? He liked fires? Oh, oh, you like fire? Oh. I don't like fire. Fire burns and blisters. I know he do. You like fire? I don't like fire. No. I would rather be cold than hot. Oh, no. Oh, no. You don't. don't make the fires. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that fire. <laughs> anyway, Bernardo graduated from... The fuck is wrong with us? Everything. Bernardo graduated from... Sir... <laughs> Why is this fucking funny to me? Sir Wilf... <laughs> 
<laughs> Why is this funny? Sir Wilfred Laurier Collagen Institute. And then he went to work for Amway. Their aggressive sales culture deeply influenced him. And he started buying books and tapes for like famous motivable, motivational speakers and shit. And wanted to apply their lessons to what he needed so that he would be not just successful in work, but he wanted to be able to influence women in bars. Weird. And Amway was one of those, like, I think it was one of the, like the first pyramid things. The pyramid. Yeah. Change. Well, the, the, yeah, the myriad of like. Yeah pyramid schemes so yeah, yeah once you get these well my brother got sucked you, into that and shit these people below you and these yeah people and you're making all this fucking money my brother got sucked into that like when he showed up to my house with a bunch of weird cleaning products i was like no no please so just as an fyi the drinking age in canada is 19 it's 18 in quebec so he was already learning skills to be not motivational but influential with women in the bars. And when you're young and you're drinking like that. And you're a smooth talker. Yeah. The panties drop. Very, very nice. Very nice. Give them a Percocet, a couple of Vicodin, a few beers, and the, and the panties drop. drop. But that's the thing is not did he just want to be successful at work. He wanted to be successful in bringing bodies in. Come to butthead. <laughs> i can tell this episode's gonna be really bad yeah we're not sorry <laughs> i apologize for we're, fucking nothing we're not sorry <laughs> <laughs> not sorry not sorry so by julian. the time <laughs> julian all right by the time he had begun attending the university of toronto at their scarborough campus he developed dark sexual fantasies Sexual. 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 Yes. So I'm not sorry for my sexual. No. <laughs> One of which was building a virgin farm where he would breed virgin girls to rape. Like, who has that fantasy? Dude, it's one of those things where, like, I tell everybody, I'm like, don't die a virgin. There's terrorists waiting for you in heaven. Right. <laughs> Good God. He also enjoyed forceful sex and anal sex and degrading his dates in public. Weird. Jeez, I didn't see that it's, one coming. It's like you don't follow the Forceful profile. sex, anal sex, and degrading people. Oh, all things that hurt. Okay. Okay. Me right. All right. Over time, his relationship became, relationships became shorter and shorter, and Bernardo would sometimes date more than one woman at the same time. <gasps> Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. I have never done such a thing. <clears throat> yeah, but, like, if his dates are like, fuck this shit. Like, yeah. you're going to talk down to me? Mm-mm-mm. Bye. Especially Bye. when you're 18 or 19. For real. And if he's got a an independent 18 or 19-year-old, they're going to be like, fuck you. But it could work for in his favor. And it did. Yeah, I don't know. In all cases, he was abusive and threatened to kill his girlfriends if they spoke to other people about the treatments that he subjected them to. In 1986, two women were granted restraining orders against him for making obscene phone calls to them. Don't go making phony calls. (laughs) (laughs) Do you wonder what he said, though? Yes, I I do. do. In 1987, Bernardo graduated from college and got a job as a junior accountant at the prestigious firm of Price Waterhouse. 
Oh, no. <laughs> Stop. I'm trying so hard to be good right now. Do you want me to do this? <clears throat> I'm not even going to open my eyes and look at you. <laughs> not. His dating slowed down after one of his last girlfriends, Jennifer Thompson, threatened to go to the police. Bernardo harbored a surprising passion for music. He was particularly fond of rap. Like, why wouldn't he be? Just a be little rad. wide guy. It's like Malibu's most wanted. It gets better. <laughs> and many of his former friends describe him as quoting artist Vanilla Ice. Okay. That's a uh, hardened criminal right, right fucking there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, can we just talk about how Vanilla Ice's last name was Van Winkle? <laughs> <laughs> Rick. Rick fucking Van Winkle. Rick Van Winkle. Wink. You can't Van be fucking hardcore I with the last name Winkle. No. no. And then get sued by fucking David Bowie. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Weird. Mary, go on. He didn't just consider himself a fan. He had aspirations of pursuing oh God, a musical stop. career. <laughs> Going so far as to purchase his own recording equipment. Bernardo indulged in, in grandiose, grandiose, is that the word? Yes. Fantasies and often assuring his friends that the famous artists were interested in, pon- sp- sorry, I'm so excited I can't say the word, sponsorship deals. No, if you haven't seen him, Google a fucking picture of him and his highlighted hair. It's like a poof up in the front and the top and... No, sir. I did not see you as a rapper. I am so sorry. Right. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. <laughs> his later lyrics were a disturbing insight to his crimes spurred on by Homolka. She bragged to her friends about Bernardo's upcoming albums. And Bernardo even took his final victim into his, quote, music room to show her his latest tracks. Though Homolka would later testify that the girl... Just didn't care. So, during this time, he was, he had been going around raping people. Yes. And he had quite the... He has a list, a laundry list. A long laundry list. So, we're just going to go over a few of them. Okay, this is where I'm not allowed to laugh because no. this is fucked up. We've laughed a lot. Sorry, it, the, the fucking vanilla ice thing and, you know, we do what we do and we fucking giggle. But but we're not going to laugh at this part. No, when you're fucking raping people at 20 years old, it's not fucking funny. No. It's not funny to rape people at any age. At any age. So on May 4th, 1987, his first rape was in Scarborough against a 21-year-old woman in front of her parents' house after he followed her home. And it lasted, his attack lasted mer, for mer, wow, more than a half an hour. <clears throat> May 14th, 1987 was his second rape. He attacked a 19-year-old woman in the backyard of her parents' house. How fucking horrifying is that? It's horrible. You're in your fucking backyard. Where you think you're safe. Yeah. July 27th, 1987, he attempted his third race. Race. Jesus. It's not a race, Paul. (laughs) Fuck. Please don't make me laugh. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) He attempted his third rape. Although he beat the young woman, he abandoned the attack after she fought back. He was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm out. She oh, this one's cunt. not going to be compliant. Yeah. Fuck it. 
He's such a douchebag. There's more that we're going to cover in a little bit, but that's what has happened up until this. So, I mean, he's gone on a fucking rapey bender. Well, yeah, because May 4th, May 14th, July 27th. That's... He's... he's Dude, he's the kind of guy that, like, if you're not in pain and you're not struggling... Then I don't want it. Then I don't want it. No. And that's fucking horrifying. So, we're going to jump to Carla Homolka and tell you a little bit about her background. Homolka was born in 1970 in Port Credit, Ontario, to a traveling salesman, Carol, like literally spelled K-A-R-E-L. We call my stepdad Carol all the time, just messing around. Carol Homolka, an alcoholic Czechoslovakian immigrant, and his Canadian wife, Dorothy Seeger, a geriatric clinic employee. Okay. She had two younger sisters, Lori and Tammy. Oh, she did. Yeah, she did. Carla was a bright child and a good student that was doted on by her father. But he would also insult her and her mother and sisters during his drunken episodes. Weird. Color me fucking surprised. Right? So she would take refuge in the basement when he got in arguments with them. According to one account, when Carla's father got drunk, he would call her a whore and a slut. Not only would Paul call her by these names, but he would also use them. She would also use them to reference to herself, too. So she ended up like her boyfriend's calling her. No, she adopted the identity of the thing she was being called. How could you not? When you get called something so many times, you believe it. I know. When Homolka's marriage faltered, he took on a mistress. However, the wife's response was to propose a threesome and keep things as normal. No. Mm, No. I mean, if it floats your boat, but that shit. If it's something that's like agreeable for anybody, like if that's what you want to do, because I'm not going to shit on anybody's parade. No. But if I saw somebody being intimate with my husband... They would be colored dead. Yeesh. Not colored surprised. They would be colored <laughs> fucking dead. I would chew your fucking throat out. And it would it would be very torturous. It would, it would look like a scene from a fucking post-apocalypse zombie movie, and I would be covered in goo. And to clean up the blood, we would have to burn the fucking place down. Pretty much. That is all. Mine. But for them, it clearly worked. I mean, that's what they wanted. I mean, wanted. if you're it's that fucking desperate, up. but that if my, dude, if my husband took on a mistress, I'm fucking you up. I'm fucking her up. I'm taking fucking everything. Everything in this fucking house is mine. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to take a shit on your pillow. Fuck your pink eye. I'm out. I'm going to take a shit in your open mouth because I've got you tied down on the <laughs> ground with your mouth fucking open. And I'm going to shit in there. I'm going to go pop the tires on your fucking Civic. <laughs> Fuck with me. a little bit of piss piss. <laughs> a little piss piss. <laughs> so from a... <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Fucking, sorry. We're on one today. We are. And just so you know, Spencer, don't ever fuck around because I've got help. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me mad. So, from a young age, Carla was described as a stubborn but domineering child, being unable to compromise with other kids and always willing to speak her mind to adults. She was a very outspoken person. She had a depressive episode after she began to attend Sir Winston Churchill Secondary Church. Oh, my Lord. 
secondary church. Shul. There, there, there's more than one church. Oh, oh, church or shul? Uh, shul. Oh, I, it's a shul. It's a shul. <laughs> so during which dress in a non-conformatory manner, you cut herself, claim false suicide attempts as a way to uh, like pull attention to yeah. herself. And later she developed sadistic and masochistic fantasies. Who did you just think of? Nancy. Mm, Mary Bell. Oh, Mary Bell. I was thinking Nancy from um, The Craft. I, yeah, that one. But Mary Bell, I think when she, she was so young that when she started to develop these things. Oh, yeah. And she was hurting herself and then wanted to hurt other people because she wanted them to feel as much pain as her. That's immediately what I think yeah. of. I just thought of Nancy. Because, like, the, they had their dress code, and she did it wrong. And she was, like, suicidal. and Oh, you even did it the right way. Yeah. So, Homolka got a part-time job as a veterinary clinic assistant while she was working in high school. And after graduating in 1988, she was hired by Thorold Viet... Uh, that word. Fucking words, mouth. Come on. Thorold Veterinary Clinic as a full-time veterinary technician. Homolka experienced a, ch- a childhood tragedy, and it was quickly dismissed, but the circumstances are certainly enough to raise somebody's eyebrows. She decided it would be a good idea to fling her friend's hamster out of a two-story window. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. While attached to a makeshift parachute what the fuck let's see if it flies carla no no carla so we're gonna need hamster- to talk <laughs> yeah sorry. Car- sorry carla sorry no that's not a good idea <laughs> no so the little furry fuck fell to its death which jesus dude, christ I know. I know they're kind of cute like i don't want one but they're i don't know they're bitey little fuckheads and i don't we care we don't throw them out the window no, but we don't tie them to fucking strings and shit and fling them out the window so anyway little fucker fell to his death and so while her friend is in fucking tears homolka found the whole event like funny of course she did weeks later <sighs> After the little hamster was dead and they put it in the fucking ground, she dug it up to examine it. Oh, my God. Like, I've already read that and it hits me different every time. Who the fuck goes and digs up a little dead furry bod? I guess. Carla. Carla Carla does. does. It can be argued that many teens, we all went through like a rebellious phase and we had a fascination with death or something that was quite unordinary. And I think that's normal, but Carly's childhood friend recounted once that she said, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to put dots all over somebody's body and take a knife and then play connect the dots and pour vinegar on them. Um, excuse me? What that's the like, fuck? That, that, that's like me telling you, I want to play tic-tac-toe, but I want to play it all over your body and I want to use forks to do it. But then, when I'm done, I want to pour rubbing alcohol on it. I was going to say lemon juice. We are we close. Either way, it's going to fucking burn. I'm going to use an exacto <clears throat> knife, and I'm just going to write my name, and then I'm going to put some... Just like Mary Bell. She fucking Yeesh. carved their initials in that little boy. So, 
In grade 12, Carla actually described to her friends in explicit details the way that she lost her virginity, throwing in everything from bondage, dirty talk, dog collars, even fucking strangulation. Hmm. That's pretty fucking uh extraordinary to lose your virginity because most people have the batman sex you know that sex where like everybody's under the covers and nobody looks at body parts and i still had my shirt on i think i did too and i know i know what shirt it was too i know actually i was naked i was not but dude the lights had to be off like there couldn't even oh, be a street light dark. glare and she's getting fucking struggle snuggled yeah uh, with a dog collar with a dog collar what the fuck all right no weird so, it's a little weird mm, that's a little mm, off that's fucking pretty extreme yet same boy's recollection of the events seemed normal because he's like oh, yeah that were, was fucking they probably were but because I, I bet that didn't happen that was just what she wanted to happen uh, i mean i don't know I know high school guys like to get laid, but who shows up as a virgin and is like, here's my collar, put it on, make it tight. If I tap you, that means I can't breathe. You need to loosen it a little bit. If I'm just moaning, okay, you're keep gonna going. Make me fucking, you're going to make me giggle and people are going to think <laughs> I'm an asshole. Um, you don't show up as a virgin and are like, shove this gigantic thunder dong into me and fucking choke me and at least i see things that way like you might do that shit in your 20s or 30s but you bung a few times well you gotta figure out what you like gotta get a couple bungs under your belt first and then (laughs) you can get a little bunging under your belt (laughs) and then you'll be all right so anyway author patricia pearson wrote carly was deranged whether her psychopathy laid dormant because like before her exposure to him would never have been known Anyways, she was not a dumb woman, even as a child, and she scored abnormally high on all of her standardized tests. So, like, what we, the SATs, the ACTs, Mm -hmm. fucking aced them. October 17th, 1987. Paul Kenneth Bernardino, Bernardino, I keep calling him Bernardino. I add Bernardo. You're like San Bernardaldo Mita. Can we call him San Bernardildo? (laughs) How about Paul Bernardo? There you go. Was 23, and this is when he met Carla Leanne. Homolka. Who and, was? Dude, and he had already completed how many fucking rapes at this time? I feel like it's a scene out of Sesame Street. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Jesus. She. Okay, he was 23. Yes. She was 17. Yes. They met at a suburban hotel restaurante in Scarborough, Scarborough, Ontario. They each had a friend with them at the at, a t- at the time so i don't okay. know if it was like they just D- like a dual date like a double date or, or were they was, just for like meeting yeah or if it I was mean, like a chance meeting or i don't know it was like the perfect fucking connection for evil yeah. an evil connection evil connection <laughs> he was a junior accountant with price waterhouse she was working part-time at the veterinary clinic and was staying at a hotel at the hotel for the convention 
My words aren't working now either. <laughs> Dude, my fucking mouth is not making the words that I would like them to make either, unless they're the words that don't need to be made. <laughs> the betrayal has gone from your side and made its way all the way to mine. Dude, you fucking started it. What the fuck? I always started it. I can't talk. Yeah, right. Words. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Words. I, I like that fucking review got, the four star one, where like the hosts fuck up a lot. And I was and like. And then they go back and talk about it. Yeah, I was like, we we're going to acknowledge acknowledge (laughs) we're going to acknowledge the fact that we're fucking stupid (laughs) we need you to know that we're dumb (laughs) we i realize that i sound fucking stupid i promise that i'm not jesus fuck (laughs) we just can't make the words yeah not if i'm trying Anyway, they were instantly attracted to each other and the flirtation got so hot and heavy that the that the group eventually went to her room you mm. this is where they had sex where their friends awkwardly observed that's dude you can't say that like if um like i would leave the room yeah you you're not forced to sit to stay there but i'm whatever. not gonna watch any of my friends fuck do you think that everybody bizarre. was like drunk and they were like fucking on know. the bed and they were like, oh, let's pretend like that's not going on, but we know what's going on. Wait, I, I, maybe she lived in a one room apartment. And there was nowhere to go except for out in the hall. They but were at I a hotel. The hall. They were at a oh, hotel. Oh, they were. Yeah. There was plenty to do. Instead, they no. were just like eating popcorn and watching them fuck. Is this awkward for you? Because it's not awkward for me. I don't know. Is it kettle corn? Yes. Because if it's kettle corn, I'm probably going to stay. Yes, me too. All right. <laughs> you, you can't take the kettle corn out of the room. I'm you're just saying, kettle if there's corn, fucking kettle corn, I'm not pop. leaving. <laughs> like, I'm going to watch the... Oh, my God. I almost said some really nasty shit, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From then on, Bernardo would drive 150 kilometers, which is 95 miles in America... America. 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 Metrics. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Twice a week to go see her. He slowly came to control her whole life, deciding how she would dress and style her hair and what she should eat and even what to believe. Weird. Weird. He often called her fat and ugly. Oh, God. It's your first marriage. <laughs> Fuck for real. <laughs> Sorry. That was not it's Very truthful is what it was. I, I know, but it wasn't appropriate. I- if the shoe fits. <laughs> Unlike his previous girlfriends, she easily submitted to and even encouraged his sexual behavior. I'm She's sure like, that yeah, it daddy, was... let's do this. Please choke me. Uh-huh. Slap me. Tell me I'm ugly. Um, she wrote his indications on a self-improvement list. What? So she made this list. What, what said... <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't be fucking laughing. No, this is horrible, but I know what this mindset is. Never let anyone know our relationship is anything but perfect. Don't talk back to Paul. Be a perfect girlfriend for Paul. If Paul asks for a drink, bring him one quickly and happily. (gasps) Oh my God, it is. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I had almost this exact same list, but I didn't write it. He did. Remember... You're stupid. Remember, you're ugly. Remember, you're fat. I don't know why I tell you these things because you never change. That's what it says. I don't know what that part really means, but that's, and this is the list she wrote for herself. 
Though it didn't end their relationship, their reveal that Homoka wasn't a virgin when they first met upset him very great, greatly. Paul was greatly, greatly, greatly. Paul was adamant that he wanted to marry a virgin, but Carla knew she want. Sorry. But Carla knew what she wanted, so she agreed to, quote, make up for it by subjecting herself to increasingly sadistic sex with Bernardo. Can 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 you fucking not can, with that? Can we not? You ain't. Jesus Christ on a cross. Could you Maybe. fucking not? Fieragas, could you fucking not? <laughs> Is it my face? <laughs> Is it like... It's just like your passion. Fergus, it means a lot to you. Fergus, could you fucking not? Jesus Christ, find your fucking nads. It like it comes out of your toes. Straight from your toes all the way up. Because you even do like this. It's like a whole body lift. Did you look under your eyebrows and you fucking go, Fergus? <laughs> Oh shit! Squirrel <laughs> hunts is what they want. Squirrel <laughs> hunts is what they get. I tell you, fucking what? <laughs> Fair guess I've dealt the fucking squirrels is what they want. That's what they fucking get. We're trying oh to my hurt God. our my fucking, fucking squirrels. Oh God, today. my sides hurt. <laughs> oh, I was laughing sorry. too hard. If, sorry, <laughs> Julie. Julian. <laughs> This episode is going to fucking take forever. All right. It's a good thing I told him it might be late because... It might not get there till fucking Thursday afternoon. <laughs> fucking whatever. We'll get finished recording You know what? With a so-so, we'll be fucking awesome. If I cut any of it out, like... Shit. I might just I, leave it all in. It, it, That's what she said. Yeah. I swear to fucking God, you just fucking let it go and go. <laughs> Just as a reference at this point, we're at an hour and six minutes, and we are three pages deep. (laughs) Uh Oh, four. Four. Oh, four. We're doing way better. You're on number five. Oh, okay. We're not that bad. All right. Focus. We've got to focus, Vegas. All right. Vegas, get y'all's kilt together. I should have taken my 88 HC medication. <laughs> Wait, right. What's that? Fucking arm swinging. I don't know. I think I have some. <laughs> I feel like when somebody's saying the prayer and you're trying not to laugh, but you you're are. like, dear Heavenly Father, and you immediately are like, <laughs> and then they say something, and you're just like, what the fuck did you just pray for? <laughs> <laughs> I want to pray for a healthy and successful soccer game. What? What the fuck? Did you just say 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 say? Did you just say a healthy soccer game? What the fuck is that? All right. Please help us, dear Lord. Please help us to win this game so that we can move on to nationals. <laughs> Dude, it reminds me of Drop Dead Gorgeous. Baby, get up. We gotta go to nationals. Swan ate my baby. <laughs> you just sounded like, oh, fuck, what is her name? She has a brother. She plays Jessie in Toy Story 2. God, what is her name? Her brother's name. Joan. 
Oh, uh, Malk or no, not Malkovich. Uh, Joan Cusack. Yes. And her brother is John. Yeah, you sounded yeah. like her. <laughs> Swanee, my baby. Rebecca, get up. We gotta go to nationals. <laughs> the Mall of America should have the parking lot of America. My niece just went to Mall of America. Dude, that mall's fucking heinous. And my brother. It's three stories and it has a fucking amusement uh, um, park. <laughs> An amusement park in it. Jesus. No yeah. wonder she wanted to go. They were out there. Baby, get up. Do you remember that movie? No. I. No. That's mom's fucking secret code for bring home smokes and milk. <laughs> Are you serious? You've never watched that? I don't. With Kirsten Dunst I, I and feel like Rebecca. I have, but I can't, like. Ali. Uh, Larder? No. The old one. Ali Kirstie and. Oh, Kirstie Alley. Yeah. Kirstie. Oh, shit. I said it backwards. The little dyslexia. Mary. <clears throat> March 1988. Police set a task force to actually apprehend the so called Scarborough rapist. Fucking piece of shit. But the investigation goes nowhere despite the amount of physical evidence and the existence of a composite sketch that wasn't shown to public. But before that happened, from the last rapes we talked about, he has December 16th, 1987. This was his actual, his third actual rape because the last one was an attempted rape. And it was a 15-year-old girl and it lasted for an hour. And the next day, the Toronto Police Service issued a warning to women in Scarborough traveling alone at night, especially those taking buses. And that's when they named him the Scarborough, Scarborough Racist. I don't know why I can't say Scarborough Racist. Racist. Scarborough Rapist, not the Scarborough He's Racist. Serial Racist. <laughs> Fuck. Watch out for the racist. <laughs> Fucking N-words everywhere. Just a racist. I don't know. Slinging him to women in buses. <laughs> Then again, December 23rd, night. Okay, when we don't hang out enough, this is what happens. And our fucking episodes turn into three-hour-long fucking play sessions. It's a play Jesus, he was out there fucking acting like Donald goddamn Trump. <laughs> and grabbing those pussies. <laughs> At this particular juncture, I'm not sure you would fucking be opposed to somebody grabbing your pussy. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad. I don't know. I don't know. What is that? What does that feel like? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Then okay. again, in December 23rd, which was just a few days later, 1987. 87? Cousin 87. It's like Eddie and the Cruisers? Yes. 87. He committed his fourth oh. rape. During this attack, he raped the 17-year-old with a knife he used oh. to threaten his victims. It was at this point he began to be referred to as a Scarborough rapist. So I tried to say it too early. This is when he got it. So then, the Scarborough racist. <laughs> the Scarborough racist. So then, that was that's in, really fucked up. When was that? And then, so then that brought us to March, where she was just talking about in 1988. And then in May 1988, an officer spotted a suspect matching the attacker's description lingering under a tree. The suspect escaped on foot, but was later identified as guess who? Mm, Paul Bernardo is my guess. Am I correct? For a thousand. That's you, Turd Ferguson. <laughs> Turd Ferguson. <laughs> Ferguson. And it was, wasn't he by a bus stop? I, Under a tree by a uh -huh, bus stop? Uh-huh. Moron. Jesus Christ. 
Could you be a little more conspicuous? A little bit. April 18th, 1988, Bernardo attacked a 17-year-old. This was the fifth assault, and it lasted 45 minutes. May 30th, 1988, he committed his sixth rape, this time in Clarkson, about 25 miles west, southwest of Scarborough. This attack was against an 18-year-old and lasted 30 minutes. So that brings us back to the summer of 1988, correct? Mm-hmm. So a home video documents their trip to Florida, and it shows a happy, goofy, young couple in love. But Homolka would later claim to a psychiatrist that Bernardo had already started tightening his grasp and had begun hitting her. The psychiatrist for the defense stated that she became rendered helpless by Bernardo. So in the first or six, I don't know, six, seven months of their relationship, defite... Don't start laughing. I'm not. Despite. (laughs) 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 All right, no. I'm not laughing. Be quiet. Oh, I'm about to give up. All right. Despite the fact that she still lived at home and was still working her part-time job. So he claimed that she had become dependent on Bernardo and that he controlled her and that he had convinced her she was worthless. Not uncommon for mental and psychological abuse Mm. victims. But friends said that they saw no signs of anything, which would go back to the whole thing. Yeah. What was the list? Make sure, I forgot what it exactly says, but make sure we appear like a perfect couple. Yeesh. And that they were all happy for her. So the psychiatrist claimed that Homolka was naive, simple, innocent, helpless little child. And at the time when she met uh, Bernardo, she was overwhelmed by him and impressed by, impressed her family and girlfriends were her catch. Oh, she's got a good catch. Look, he's such a good guy. Mm-hmm. With those bleached tips, those frosted tips. Dun 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 dun. Just like vanilla ice, baby. Right. So, but people close to her remember her being strong-willed and independent, which didn't match with what was going on. Now, Homolka was the leader of her high school clique named the Diamond Club, which, for some reason, and I don't know why, this remind. Did you ever read The Babysitter's Club or, like, Sweet Valley High or, like, any of that shit? All of the above. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what it fucking reminds me of. In October 4th, 1988, Bernardo attempted his seventh rape. His intended victim fought him off, but he inflicted two stab wounds to her thigh and butt, which required 12 stitches. I almost said 12 stitches. It's close. It's the same thing. I mean, same shit. Same result. Well, we know. Oct- 12 titches. 12 titches. <laughs> Octo- no, November 16th, 1988, he committed his seventh rape against an 18-year-old in the backyard of her parents' house. This is beginning to be a pattern. That he sucks stalks so them to their fucking home. It's yeah. where you feel most comfortable, dude. Yeah. Like, when I'm home, I'm not afraid. But I also have 
big fucking dogs and big fucking guns. Right. So, but and a big fucking husband. So and you shouldn't feel scared you know, at home. Scared at home. No, you shouldn't. But November, yeah, November 17th, 1988. That's the day my sister was born. Metro police formed a special task force to dedicated to capturing him. Him. Okay, so I'm just going to keep going here. December 27th, 1988. An alerted neighbor chased him off after he had begun his attempted eighth rape. Could you fucking imagine? Could you? Could you? Could, could you fucking not? Could you be less of a fucking rapist? Excuse that would me, be sir. Awesome. Can you stop your raping? No, Do me a favor. Shoo. <laughs> Did they turn on the hose? <laughs> stop it. Like one of those dogs that come in and find your fucking puppy in heat. You're like, no, 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 no. December 20. I just said that one. June 20th, 1989. He attempted another rape. Jesus. Fuck. I know. She fought against him. Her screams alerted the neighbors and he left and he had scratches on his face. She should have had DNA at her fingernails. Yeesh. Yeesh. They had taken DNA at one point, but it's it's in the DNA spot. The, where, the magic DNA it's, spot. It's like where things go to fucking disappear and die. Just like rape kits. Yep. Like, well, take the rape kit, but you're not. It's not going to do any fucking good. Right. Ugh. August fifteenth, nineteen eighty nine. He committed his eighth rape against a twenty two year old. He stalked her. He stalked her from the night before and waited outside of the window of her apartment and waited for her to come home. Oh, my God. Yes. Can um, it do me a favor and be less of a fucking creep? Douche babe. Jesus. This lasted for two hours. Could, the assault? I can't, yeah, I can't stop saying, could you imagine? But could you for two hours? Do, um, That's the longest two hours ever. I wished I could say that I could fight somebody off for two about two hours, but there's no fucking way. Uh-huh. I've got a good, I've got a good like twenty five minutes in me, but I will fuck you up. Right, I'm gonna do everything dirty. Like my thumbs are going to your fucking eyeballs. Oh, I'm going to bite, rip, tear, shred, mm-hmm. and when we're done, we'll see who's on the dirtier side. Yes, that's not an invitation. No, it is not. Yep. And if you come at me, just know, or if you come at Nikki. There's two dudes that are six foot ten, three hundred and fucking fifty. One's four hundred pounds. Cause it's my brother-in-law and my husband. Yeesh. Fuck around, clown. Do I? Do I you don't know what? dare even you. even no. if my like fuck my brother, who's five foot fucking eight and maybe a hundred eighty. Right. Pounds. Like maybe a hundred eighty pounds. Like a little fucking chihuahua. He'll bite your dick off. I'm not that kidding. That was weird. That was a weird analogy. But if he but had to. But I've also to. watched my brother fucking take on eight dudes and fucking walk yeah. out victorious. So. <laughs> <laughs> Come for me. I'm crack. Fuck. November 21st, 1989. Um, his ninth victim was against a 15-year-old who he saw in a bus shelter and attacked her for 45 minutes. Jesus Christ. What the fuck is he doing to these women? Just raping them. Like a fucking cunt bag that he is. December 22nd, 1989, he committed his 10th rape against a 19-year-old. It occurred in the stairwell of an underground parking lot and lasted 30 minutes. Uh, it's like all of my worst, like, fears, fucking fears coming ever. true. Yeah. 
Do you know that's why when I go into parking garages, I walk with my keys in between my fingers like this? Because the first thing I'm going to do is take your fucking eye. I have one of those keychains. Eye for an eye, tooth for fucking yeah. tooth. I have one of those keychains that you carry like that just so you can write in the fucking junk. Anyway. Okay. So we're going to go to December 24th, 1989. Paul and Carla are now engaged. Oh, that's sweet. She describes the evening in Niagara Falls as rhapsodic. Is that a word? Is that a Canadian word? I don't know. Let me see. Rhapsodic. Oh, don't you know? It was so beautiful. It had the water. It was so rhapsodic. Rhapsody. Rhapsodic? I know. That's what I was trying to do, too. Rhapsody. Rhapsodic. Fucking, is it cheesy or romantic? Christmas? Fucking cheesy. It's very cheesy. It's cheesy to get proposed to on Christmas valentine's day like come on dude but i would still like it because i'm a hopeless romantic i've never I had want a romantic to be, i want somebody to be fucking genuine yeah. like christmas fuck you get me a puppy let me just tell you no matter when it is i'm gonna be awkward as fuck um i jumped my husband and took the ring out of his finger and put it on my own yeah. fucking ring finger yeah that's because i'm a tiny little viking that apparently doesn't wait for the husband to do the right thing <laughs> I, I don't know if you were gonna ask but yes no he got down on one knee Aww. i turned around and he was like like all the fucking words left his face and he's like want to get married and as soon as i saw that ring i fucking leapt on him and took the ring from him and put him on put it on my finger and was like yes yeesh <laughs> penis me now <laughs> <laughs> fill me with your dick <laughs> give me the penis <laughs> yeah it was i'm not ladylike at all new no. but it's worked out <laughs> you, you should has may 26 1990 he committed his 11th rape this rape lasted over an hour however this 19 year old victim's vivid recollection of her attacker made it so that they could um do a sketch a com- oh no it was a computer composite photograph which was released two days later accompanying accompanying the image is the following description male white 18 to 22 years old five foot 10 to six feet tall medium muscular built clean shaven tan complexion light colored eyes possibly blue blonde hair parted on the left side uh, his his hair feathered just over the top right of the ear. <laughs> Sorry, that's funny to to me. Feathery, most foul. His hair is feathered just over just the top over right of his ear. <laughs> it, for his clothing, it was a baby blue nylon hip-length jacket, a tan-colored knee-length walking shorts with pleated front, running shoes, and no socks. You're going to have smelly feet, Paul. Come on. What the fuck are you doing with no socks, you fucking weirdo? Yeah, that's just gross, man. God. It ran in the newspaper with the headline, Is this the boy next door? The Scarborough... Oh. Is this boy next door? The Scarborough racist? And Racist? So, why can't I say rapist? I'm not 100% sure, but it's kind of fun that you're like... 
is this the Scarborough racist? I don't know. I bet there's a few there. (laughs) (laughs) Are you the only racist in Scarborough? I don't know. We don't know. But we're looking for the rapist, okay? (laughs) 16,000 tips were given to police that summer. In all, they received 41,000 tips from the public. 41,000 racists. 41,000 tips about the racist. (laughs) This boy next door racist. Okay? (laughs) At least it wasn't the white girl pissing her pants on the couch. Fucking had to take a shower in the middle of an episode. I'm not racist. But fuck you guys. (laughs) All (laughs) y'all. Everybody. I'm not racist. I fucking hate everybody. I don't care if you're purple. State law. (laughs) State law, swear to God. Friends and previous girlfriends of Bernardo see the release sketch and try to contact the police, but the officers are overwhelmed by the massive number of tips and are unable to follow up on them. Good work. Good work, Mounties. Mount me. (laughs) When the composite drawing of the Scarborough rapist is released, Bernardo flees the area and moves into the Homolka family home in St. Catharines with Carla's parents and two younger sisters. Oh, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Serial rapist. Better put it in the house with my kids. Please. Let's do all, all um, three of my daughters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great idea. Bernardo. Oh, in 1990, he, it, this is the year we are talking about. He has now quit his accounting job to focus on smuggling cigarettes across the nearby Canada-U.S. border to make money. Because during the late 80s and early 19... Or the late 80s and the early 90s, Ontario and Quebec raised the taxes on cigarettes substantially, like through the fucking roof, to the point where normal people were crossing over the border, buying cases and sometimes even pallets and sneaking them back to avoid taxes. Then they would sell them directly to friends and neighbors, some shadier retails and even illegal distributors, distributors, (laughs) such as... I got the fucking hiccups. I can't say my oars and you have the hiccups. Anyway, these distributors are... Okay, well, you have a speech impediment, and now I can't fucking focus. focus. Yeesh. Sorry. The dis- the illegal distributors, such as biker gangs. Dun, dun, dun. Like, you must have been making killer money to quit your accounting job and smuggle cigarettes. I'm just... Well, I'm going to finish this little... This little... Slip. This little section. Well... Little pit. I got the. Fu- I can't, dude. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> lean back, and I'll finish this for a moment. Right. Lean back, <gasps> lean back. But illegal tobacco products were easily to identify because they lacked a certain label, and getting caught with them was no joke. There would be regular stories about boats that would evade police and border control from both countries because resisting arrest was nothing compared to the penalties for smuggling. Several American tobacco companies were actually convicted of aiding and abetting the practice and fined hundreds of millions of dollars. Taxes were eventually lowered, reducing the financial incentive and eliminating most of the struggling. Bernardo became fascinated with Homolka's younger sister, Tammy, who was only 15 from an early part in their relationship, which... God, can we just fucking acknowledge that that's gross? Mm-hmm. He would openly flirt with... Flirt. Okay. (laughs) 
I'm going to sidestep that one. At least I don't have to pee. All right. He, he would openly flirt with Tammy in front of Carla, hugging, snuggling, doing like the weird teenager like loving mimicked affections and apparently she thought of it as like a big brother type situation it wasn't a flirty thing she was like a big Um, brother that she never had your big brothers don't fucking touch you like that no no hunty um even going so far as to ask carla to pretend to be tammy during sex That's what he would ask of her. Which I'm sure she did. She wanted to keep him happy. She was like, okay, call me Tammy. In other instances, he would secretly watch Tammy undress from outside and masturbate as he watched. That's not weird. At all. I mean, that happens all the time, right? I mean, I've masturbated tons of times while watching you undress. Yeah, that's why I leave my window open. It's because I know you're sitting in that fucking tree. (laughs) Going to town on the bean. <laughs> oh my god, that was a good one. Am I wrong? No. No. Oh no. <laughs> That's what you're doing to the tree <laughs> tree branch. You're like licking it. <sighs> Nikki. <laughs> like a cat rubbing your nose on. <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking horrifying. Okay, so this is why people think we're such fucking weirdos. Because we are. Well, we are. Allegedly, it went far enough that Carla finally snapped, telling her sister, get the fuck out of here and leave Paul alone. So her jealousy finally started to get the best of her. Well, I could imagine... Why? Why? Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah. God. One night, Bernardo drove Tammy to go go by. One night, Bernardo drove to go buy Tammy beer. And they were gone for like six hours. Because, you know, it takes six fucking hours to go buy beer. How far is the liquor store out there, Oh, man? where are you going? Oh, what fucking go? set? Oh, sorry. We went to the liquor store in fucking Bonkers, New York. Jesus Christ. So anyway, they were gone for six hours and he admitted to Carla that they kissed. Instead of kicking Bernardo out of the house and dumping him, she actually gave Bernardo access to Tammy's room, so... Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I don't know. Is everybody so else ready? So Bernardo could masturbate over Tammy while she while she slept. Do you ever? Do you think she ever woke up to like a face full of jizz and was like, "Oh, what was that? I was drooling so do- bad last <laughs> night." No, but I I'm such a fucking light sleeper that the fucking fap fap <laughs> fap noise would totally wake me up. Well, yeah, and disgust me. And I'm sure he was the kind that was like, oh. Where he made the like end. the unmanageable uh-huh. fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and like. <laughs> noises. <laughs> Ew. Paul Bernardo, you are disgusting. You're a fucking sick pervert. Pervert. You're a pervert. You're a pervert. I'm such a... She's such a nice sister to let her. 
man. Oh, to let her husband, or not her husband, but her boyfriend go in there and, and jerk, jerk off over the top of her sister? Her young sister? Yeah. Like, God, giving, mm, selfless. She is a very selfless What woman. a good girl. So anyway, any, okay, all right, hold on, let me get my shit together because we were fucking off a little bit. So July 1990, as their relationship progresses, Bernardo starts to press Carla to allow him to have sex with Tammy. Guess what happens? Oh, what? Please tell. Well, she concedes and says, yeah, fuck my sister. Hmm. Hmm. Doesn't everybody say that? I don't have sisters. I mean, if you want to fuck my brother, I guess go ahead. But. I mean, I've always offered up to my boyfriends. Like, I've got four sisters. You can take your pick because they're all so different. You can choose which <laughs> one you like. It's like being at fucking Baskin Robbins. You should go ahead and just do that. If you want to close your eyes, we'll stand in a line and you Jesus can throw something and whoever fuck. you hit, you can pick that one. Like, what do you want to do? Who fucking does that? Let's. I want to keep you happy. Let's do this. I might murder the motherfucker that asked to sleep with any other female. Uh However, Carla decides to serve her sister. So Tammy, spaghetti, her specialty filled with Valium, stolen from the veterinarian clinic where Carla worked. And Tammy begins to wake up about about a minute before Bernardo is raping her. So the attempt is considered a failure. Oh, poor Paul. You failed. I feel so fucking bad for you. Not. No. No. So November 20th, 1990. Several months later, Bernardo is questioned about the Scarborough rapes and voluntarily provides the Metro Toronto Police with hair, blood, and saliva f- samples. Yay. Mish. Yish. Mish. Okay. December 23rd, 1990. Carla again steals the tranquilizer Halicoin. 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 Yeah, I even listened to how you're supposed to say it and I already forgot. From the vet clinic, she also acquires the liquid anesthetic halothane by telling the supplier that it was for clinic use. Finger quote. Finger quotes. Clinic use. Yeesh. I'm going to dope up my uh, little sister so that my boyfriend can rape her. But we'll do it in the clinic if that makes it right. Is that what we do? What? What? Wait, what was the question? (laughs) That way, they don't uh, require any more information than the name of a doctor to put on the forms. On the day before Christmas Eve, after a family holiday party, Paul Bernardo and Carla Homoka drug Tammy Homoka's eggnog. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Homoka's parents and sister, Lori, go upstairs while the three stay up drinking together. Oh, good. Once Tammy passes out, they turn on the video camera and Bernardo begins his aggressive sexual assault. I'm glad they got the video camera. Fuck. Well, you know, we've got to have proof that I fucking sexually assaulted your little sister. God. He urges Carla to join in. This part is so fucking gross. 
making her taste Tammy's menstrual blood, to which she recoils. But for most of the tape, Carla is holding a cloth soaked in the halothane on Tammy's face to keep her asleep, telling Bernardo to hurry up. What in the actual Can we throw up now? Yes, please. Can I... I need to puke in a cup. Yeah. They both rape her while she's unconscious in the basement. Wait, no, no, no. They both... Both. Rape her. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Okay, you're letting your boyfriend fuck your... Rape your sister, and now you're going to join in? I don't know which part of this is the fucking worst. And he thought it was a good idea to have you put your sister's mental blood, blood in your... Uh, oh why? Who does that? Why? No. Uh, I'm... Pew, pew, pre, <clears throat> pew, I can't even say it. Pre-puke slobbers. Uh, yeah, pre-puke slobbers. <laughs> Anyway, okay, going. Sorry. They both rape her while she's unconscious in the basement family room, while the rest of the family is asleep upstairs. Taking oh, good. Turns so mom and dad are fucking literally asleep. sitting up above her. Good. And good, good. they're taking turns holding the camera. Gross. Carla made sure that Tammy remained a virgin up until that moment, and she described the rape as gifting her sister's virginity to Paul for Christmas. That's a whole new level of All fucking right. Christmas right. right there. I'm, I'm fucking done. Like, that just fucking... Guys, we are done with you. No. Nope. Um, this is her way of making up for not being a virgin herself. So she's not a virgin, but she's going to give up her so virgin sister. So here, rape my sister, because yeah. I'm a piece of shit, and so are you. She's a virgin. Yay. She kind of looks like me, like, just Merry Christmas. Oh, my God. Near the end of the sexual assault, Tammy begins choking on her own vomit and dies. After failing to revive Tammy, the couple dress her, move her into her room, and clean up the evidence before they called 911. Yeah. Bernardo tells police that he tried to save her but failed. The significant red mark across her cheek is identified as a chemical burn. As no facial hair has been singed, it is concluded that the burn was a result of gastric juices. Like, have you ever puked on yourself and burned yourself? My throat. But not in your face. Fuck no, not my face. God. I don't know, but I've never, like, puked on my face face. and let it sit there. But her death was ruled accidental. Just a typical drunken teenager who choked on her own vomit. As such, very little testing. Yeah, because all fucking yeah. willy-nilly, she just got fucking hammered enough to burn her own face uh, with la- her own yeah. gastric juices and, you know, die. Yeah. Well, it happens. Okay. Right. right. Okay. Just a typical... Oh, I already said that. As such, very little testing is considered necessary, including checking for signs of sexual assault. So they got completely away with that. At the they didn't even look for it. Mm-mm. None of it. No. They didn't fucking look for signs of forced entry into a vagina. Nothing. Nothing. And I'm sure that when the coroner got her, they were like, well, she's on her period. Like, I don't think anything funny was going on. Or they probably didn't even second guess it, thinking that she just puked. fucking disgusting. At the funeral, Bernardo is caught stroking Tammy's hair as she lays in an open casket. Come the fuck on, man. Gross, gross, fucking gross. Ew. The initial autopsy of Tammy Homolka concluded that she had died of natural causes. Shortly after Bernardo and Homolka were arrested, though, Tammy's body was exhumed. A second autopsy concluded that this was not the case. 
It also found that smothering could not be ruled out as a cause of death. A videotape taken during the rape shows that Carla had covered Tammy's nose and mouth with the halothane-soaked cloth, leading many to speculate that Tammy's death was not accidental, as Hamoka would have you believe. During a police interview, Carla says that she held a sedative-sodden cloth at least a foot away from Tammy's face, but medical examiners say it was more likely... More likely, it was placed over her mouth. It says insert clip here, and I don't know what clip. I'm just going to keep reading the yellow. Do you care? No, go. Dude, but who fucking, like, that's her little sister. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, Fuck man? What are you thinking? This is an important detail because Carla's deal was um, contingent upon her not having taken the life of any of the girls. Sorry, Carla. The video. Mm. (laughs) Remember that video? And if it was proved that she was responsible for Tammy's death, her plea negotiations would have fallen apart and she would would have stood trial for the murders alongside Bernardo. As an animal health technician, Homolka had a working knowledge of halothane. She was aware that the anesthetic should be administered through a vaporizer and that animals under the drug should have a breathing tube inserted. During testimony, Carla admitted that she had done her research before drugging Tammy. She ultimately chose to use the sleeping tablet, the one we can't say, H-A-L-C-I-O-N. I I don't know what it is. (laughs) I think think it's Hallison. Yeah, I do too. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. After studying the compendium of pharmaceuticals and specialties and discovering that death was not listed as an outcome on the case of that drug overdose. However, the same cannot be said of halothane. January of 1991, Bernardo picks up a young female hitchhiker and brings her back to their home. He and then what happens? He rapes her in Carla's bedroom and drops her off in an alley. The fuck, man. Come on. February 1st, 1991. Bernardo. I guess at least he's not fucking killing him. Like, if I'm going to try and find the, like, good in this situation, at least he's not fucking killing them. Yet. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. February 1st, 1991. Bernardo and Homoka rent a house together. Address 57 Bayview Drive in Port Dalhousie. I don't know if that's how you Let say it, see. but it's spelled A D A L H O U S I E. You can't spell it. You gotta Well, I was spelling it for them so they can yell at me correctly. Oh. I need to be corrected in their in their yellings. Ooh, I don't know. I know. It looks like it's dollhousey. <laughs> D- Dalhousie. Dalhousie. I didn't know. I don't know. A small town. I'm stupid. <clears throat> Me too. An American. I can't read good. <laughs> As- I don't grammar. Is <laughs> that play okay? Port whatever we don't know how to say it is a small town adjacent to St. Catharines, and is on the southern shore of Lake Ontario, just outside Niagara Falls, and close to the American border. There, they filmed themselves role-playing sexual encounters between Paul and Tammy. Oh, that's not fucking weird at all. Not at all. Be your sister. Be your hey, virgin hey, sister. Hey, your virgin sister that um, was like mysteriously dead under, you know, 
normal fucking circumstances. Yeah. Be her. Be her. It gets better. She, As she's playing the part of her sister, she wears her clothes to reinforce the fantasy. Am I allowed to throw up now? Yeah. Interestingly, a string of unsolved rapes soon pop up in St. Catherine's. Oh, but you know what? I think. I think we'll fuck with people. I think we'll leave them here. Should we leave you here? I think we'll leave them here. All right. I feel like this oh, is Oh, Paul way. Bernardo's going to leave you on a fucking cliffhanger. Oh, because next week where we're going to start off is amazeballs. It's horrifying to me. It's horrifying to all of us. They just need to be able to hear it. So, but then we're going to leave you here. And what we have to tell you is if you would like your Gory Girl bath bombs, go get them at the Purple Lo- The Purple Lotus. <laughs> PurpleLotusOnline.com. <clears throat> you get the Body Farm, Sweet Sticky Murder, and Blood Bath. The Blood Bath. The Blood Bath. I need to go get Muir. Muir. And uh, you get 15% off when you use Dead Pod 15. If you want to get our merch, go to colormedeadpod.threadless.com. If you want to check us out on social media, you can go to Facebook at Color Me Dead Podcast. You want to go Facebook? Facebook. Facebook. Color Me Dead Podcast. You can also do the Color Me Dead group and uh, Twitter at Color Me Dead Pod and Instagram at Color Me Dead Podcast. And if you want to interact with my lovely, lovely co-host. I was trying to model for you when you said that. Do you like how my hair ended up in my face? Cool. Quite can, nice. You can find me on Instagram at Gory Nikki or on Twitter at Ntune. So how about we don't offer up our sister's virginity to make up for our own lack of. And stay, stay out, out of chalk, chalk lines. lines. Goodbye. Shop.